Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Robots Radio presents... Listening to the Dungeons and Dragons Lorecast, the best way for everyone from experienced dungeon masters to those curious about DD to learn more about the worlds, creatures, and lore of Dungeons and Dragons. Well, hello everyone. We're back in the tower. I'm here well, we, with Sergio. We were stuck in the tower. We, whoa, 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 whoa. we have remained in the tower this entire time. Listen, I I like to think positive. Okay. Oh, I'm 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 loving it. <laughs> I'm McDonald's up in the house up in here. Woo! You know, I saw Tom and Stewart mentioned like, oh, you know, you can go home and visit family and friends and stuff. I'm like, I'm all right. I'm gonna just tell them I'm gonna be gone for a while because I'm knee deep in D and D lore doing what I've always wanted to do which is read about dragons and kobolds and especially this week orcs and half orcs woo yeah initiate war drum sequence <laughs> <laughs> just imagine like the like the terminator 2 theme like do 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 grumps do 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 grumps do 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 and I'm like imagine that outside of your house you're you're not your your bowels are are everywhere. Yes. So I guess we should introduce ourselves. I am the Almighty Crit, and this is my co-host Sergio. Hi. I'm Sergio. We took over the Dungeon Dragons lore cast. Uh, by that I mean uh, Stuart and Tom left us in the tower. Yeah, they they <laughs> pulled the old switcheroo on us, so we're stuck here now. But we're gonna make the best. We're gonna we are turn lemons into lemonade. Exactly. And today we're going to be discussing orcs, as Sergio <laughs> already pointed out. Orcs and half orcs, baby. Woo! So, uh, Sergio, do you want to dive in? Let's dive it. Let's let's oh, dive yeah. in, Greg Lugana style. Oh yeah. Whoa, I don't know about all that. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I mean, aside from the whole smack in the back of your head on the diving board thing, yeah, no, let's no, avoid that. that. So, half orcs, they are a base race that you can play immediately in uh, D&D. They are in the player's handbook. They are on D&D Beyond. It's uh, one of the races that uh, Tom, and Stewart, Tom and Stewart didn't get to when they are initially covering them. So we want to cover them now to make sure that everyone gets equal play because half orcs are pretty badass and not just useful for the barbarian class. They're actually because, you know, in, in older editions, you used to have like in 3.5 orcs had a, or half orc characters had a negative two penalty on intelligence scores mm -hmm. and charisma scores. Yes. That is no longer the case. So Thank now all goodness. Yeah. I mean, I, I thought it was unique, you know, because most, cause there was, uh, there are pros and cons to every race. Yeah. But they, they did away with that. So the only, uh, modifiers that they have on, on scores, they get a plus two to strength and a plus one to constitution, mm -hmm. which would benefit greatly with the barbarian class. But like I said, it's not necessarily the only class that a half orc can play. But before we get into all that, let's talk about how, how orcs came to be. Yes. The creation, let's... the creation myths behind orcs, the, the deities behind orcs, mm -hmm. you know, like I was mentioning earlier, Grumpsh is the, the patron, the chief deity of the orc race. Grumpsh also known as one eye, also known as he who never sleeps, which is a pretty badass nickname 
if I do yes. say so myself. Uh, yeah. Like if someone was like, hey, you know Sergio, he who never sleeps, like, oh man, that's, that sends chills down my spine. Why doesn't he sleep though? I don't know. <laughs> well, uh, it kind of, it probably goes without saying that he is chaotic evil. Yes. That's the alignment that he is. So legend has it. Uh, so Grumsh and uh, Coralon, the patron deity of the elves, they got beef. They be beefing all mm-hmm. the time. Yep. And so the legend has it that Grumsh, the one eye, in fact, lost his other eye, the eye that is that he no longer has that made him one eye instead of two eye. Yep. He lost that in a duel. It got plucked out by Coralon. And the anger behind that and behind just the fact that he felt like he was looked down on with uh, the other deities is what led to his his hatred and anger and, and and that sort of bled into the creation of the orcs now as far as the whole one eye thing goes you know you ask an orc and they'll probably tell you like oh no grumsh had always had one eye he was mm-hmm. that he's he like he would never lose in a fight to Coralon to some frail elf god um but even if you do even if they do acquiesce a little uh, they'll they'll claim that Coralon won only because he used magic, and so that's that. So he cheated. He cheated somehow because mm-hmm. right? Grumsh is known to be a, a warrior god. Uh, you know, strength, uh, cunning, brutality, all that yep. is wrapped up into Grumsh. So Grumsh essentially uses his his people, his orcs, his orc race, as a sort of proxy to conquer and and um rule over the material plane and so the orcs as a result very warlike people yep they they um are usually broken up into tribes and there's a chieftain and the chieftain of the of the tribe is always going to be the most powerful Mm -hmm. the strongest the baddest think like the baddest dude on the block that is your chief. Now there are various, you know, perks to being uh, an orc or a half orc character. As far like we said, there's a strength, there's a plus two on strength, and a plus one on constitution. You also get dark vision. Yeah. So for up to sixty feet, if you have a dim light, the uh, an orc or a half orc can see that as if it's a bright light. And then in darkness, they can actually see as if it's a dim light. So that's not too bad. No. Uh, you get a proficiency in, uh, in intimidation, which is known as menacing. You get uh, something that's called relentless endurance, which is very cool. Oh, it's yes, a, it is. <laughs> it's a perk. It's a racial trait that whenever you... It doesn't say... Okay, so it, when you get down to zero HP... It'll actually keep you from from getting to from going to zero HP and then having to go into a death save process. Yep. Uh, instead, you go to one HP, which means you're still conscious, you're still awake, you're not, you know, you're 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 you're, you're, you're on shaky ground as far mm-hmm. as, uh, you know, as far as uh, combat's concerned. Yes. definitely might wanna, you know. Take turn a step off back. somewhere and mm-hmm. you know, take a healing healing potion or have yep. your cleric heal you, but you're not unconscious. Like I say, you don't have to start a death saving uh, process, mm-hmm. um, and that's and that's for every long rest. Uh, it doesn't save you from instant death, however. Which, no. if you don't, if you're not familiar with instant death in D and D Fifth Edition, it's where if you, let's say you have, um, let's say you have thirty uh, HP total. And you have five HP left. If you get, if you take an attack that costs you, that's 35 hits of damage, 35 hit points of damage, that's an instant death because it takes all the HP that you have left and the remaining damage is also equal to or greater than your total HP. Mm-hmm. So you're dead at that point, which is not, I mean, I, not super likely, but can definitely happen for sure. Now that I will say that rule has been up for debate many a times. 
Because it is written as it says, you take damage to your, according to your HP, equal to or greater than your current hit points. Mm -hmm. Now, some have argued that you have to take double your hit points. Essentially, if you have 30 hit points, you have to take 60 damage to be insta-death. So there there is a little debate against it. I always read it as whatever HP you had left. Like if it, Mm -hmm. you know, if it takes you down to zero and then also the remainder is also equal to so. I mean, I, you know, again, these are where house rules come into play, uh, you know, and when you're playing with, uh, you know, if you're not familiar, if you've never played a campaign with the, with that DM, definitely mm-hmm. get this all out ahead of time. That's part of the clarification of rules with your DM. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, like, uh, like in house rules are great. And yeah. we'll, we might end up doing like a fun, like. Uh, patron bonus episode where we get the patrons together and talk about like our favorite house rules. Mm-hmm. But that's for another. That. <laughs> that's for another time. We're talking about orcs today, and this is Let's I have go. to keep. My, I have to keep myself on the straight and narrow, otherwise I'll I'll branch off in on on number of topics. <laughs> but uh, as far as uh, like size and speed, they're pretty um, atypical, or they're pretty typical for. Uh, you know, a normal sized humanoid. Yep. You know, five to six feet, uh, 30 foot land speed. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, as far as the different kinds of orcs, you got your, your green and your brown orcs, which are pretty much the most common kind of orc. You've also got uh, orogs or gray orcs. Yes. These are rumored to be the offspring of uh, orcs and ogres. Which makes them larger, but mm-hmm. they're also uh, or gri- or ogrillons, which are definitely the offspring. So, the you know, like I said, the ancestry of the gray orc or the orog is up for debate. Like I said, it, most people think because of their larger size that there's some 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 kind of giant creature, like yeah. either a giant themselves, an ogre, a goliath, perhaps. Mm-hmm. There's been uh, rumor I know of hill giants. There's been rumor that they've made it with hill giants. Um, what I've, I'm going to cut you off for a minute. Go um, ahead. What I have learned about orcs is they are a species that dedicates themselves to breeding with the intent to become stronger. No, yeah, absolutely. That is it. Like that is their whole purpose in life is to be the superior, stronger beings yeah they i mean they their approach to life is that you know that the strong the strong survive mm-hmm. the weak get you know subjugated killed stepped you know they on. stepped on mm-hmm. exactly so that's why um orcish like typical orcish society uh you know is dominated by yes. by males um like their wives are usually uh, they usually they sometimes have multiple wives and mm-hmm. that's to exactly just to to breed as much as possible to to mate as much as possible and to you know produce as much offspring because on top of you know wanting to be strong they want to be multiple they want to be you know yeah. bountiful and because the more orcs there are you know the easier it is to overcome uh, a human army or mm-hmm. an elf an elven army Yep. or a dwarven army or a combination of all three uh there are also uh, water orcs which are exactly what it sounds like uh, <laughs> there are They're really good at I, swimming and i think this is um in in the whole idea of orcs you know uh stems from J.R.R. tolkien's mm-hmm. in lord of the rings and so there are purple orcs also known and i think it's urukai which is how it's pronounced in the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Yep. And these are like the drows of the orc in of the orcish race. You Oops. know, they dwell in the underdark. Uh, they have enhanced dark vision, which is uh, exactly essentially twice as powerful. Mm-hmm. You know, you as opposed to sixty feet, it's a hundred and twenty feet. Yeah, it's. Anytime that it's perfected or better version, it, that's exactly what it is. You can instead of seeing 60 feet, you can see 120, you know. Yeah. Yeah. 
I'm going to see if I can't bring up a picture of these guys for everyone. Let's see if we can. Here we go. Everybody in chat can see this. These things are nasty looking. They are Purple gnarly. Orcs. <laughs> yeah, they're they're yeah. gnarly. They're yeah. And I mean, like I said, they're essentially like the drow of the orcish race. Like mm -hmm. what drow are to elves, these purple orcs, these urukai are to the orcish race. Yeah. Uh, so think bigger, think badder. Yeah. Uh, but like you said, like these, the orcish race are, they're very warlike. They li they live in tribes, mm -hmm. and so that is indicative of their patron deity, Grumsh, like I was mentioning earlier, you know, and so Grumsh thinks that all races are inferior to orcs. Mm -hmm. You know, when you, when you, uh, when you have a hammer, every problem looks like a nail, right? So he thinks like, you know, everything can be solved through brute strength and brutality, which is kind of like, you know, if you want to think metatextually about the subject, yep. you know, he's got the one eye which sort of makes him sort of tunnel vision, right? Mm -hmm. Which is sort of, if you're, if you're playing a typical war character, that's usually their MO. They don't really think about the consequences. It's like, Oh, Hey, like, you know, that the person in that tavern right there stole money from us. They're just going to smash the door in smack down. Let's go. Yeah. yeah whereas, you know, uh, someone else like, well, Hey, let's wait for them to come out or maybe let's go in there. Maybe let's send, uh, a uh, a beautiful uh person in there to, you know, chat them up and maybe get them a little tipsy on the ale on mm -hmm. the mead, and then when they come out staggering out, it's much easier either to to beat them up and take our money back or to do whatever it is. You know. Yep. You know, or orcs and half orcs. They're just gonna usually just jump in, like you said, smack down, break the walls down. Chris Jericho, let's go, let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> get some but uh there are uh what was i gonna say so the orcs really don't build cities of their own uh they're as far as like the more traditional aspects of a society um like language architecture they really don't have that you know they 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 go out and conquer and they adapt what is what has been conquered to their own needs so it's very typical to see uh, an orcish tribe mm -hmm. living in the remains of an elven city or a dwarven uh you know mountain and like i said as far as like language actually um there's no the dwar the orcish language doesn't have its own written like script. They Go. use dwarven script. Yep. And so a lot of people consider that maybe like, you know, it's, it's uncultured, you know, they don't have as much culture as the others, mm -hmm. as the other races. I mean, to me, that seemed that, that, that just goes to speak of their like single minded vision, which is to, you know, uh, uh, and, you know, enhance their race by numbers and by conquering. Yep. So I, like I said, orcs, and they used to, you know, if you even as early or even as late as 3.5, it used to be a race that was looked at, especially half orcs. You know, uh, it was uh, almost like an unholy union of, yeah. of man and orc. You know, that they, they're, you know, their, um, their conception wasn't, of the most um, probably wasn't something that was uh, mutually um, consensual. Well, I know, I know from some of the 3.5 history that there were a few orcs that had left their clans or been abandoned or, you know, what have you and had, um, you know, gone off to live in human villages or, mm -hmm. you know, human had shown them kindness and healed them on the road or whatever have you. I do know for a fact, though, that half orcs have been looked down upon by orc clans, orcs in general, as a yeah. weaker version of this, their pure blood. Yeah, well, I mean, not even just like, 
not even just their the the purity of the race but just mm-hmm. physically i mean yeah. if and so they're seen as weaker because they might you know their stature slighter because mm-hmm. they've got uh, a human father or a human mother yep and so and you know like i said like the the ethos of the orcish race is you know the strong will survive the oh survival yeah. of the fittest oh yeah and so if an orc even half orc or not like if an orc thinks there's something weak about you he's gonna look at you <laughs> and you know if you come up short it's you know who knows you know there are several different options you could either essentially be subjugated to that orc and just be mm-hmm. a whipping boy yeah uh, you could actually face being outcast from the tribe which are there's several other um there are several options uh role-playing wise if you want to go that route you can if you're playing an orc or a half orc character and you want to uh role play them as having been outcast from their respective tribe then uh you could have them be a follower of Shargas and make him or her into an assassin type character. Yep. Uh, Shargas being the orcish god of like stealth and darkness. Or you could also have their uh, their deity be Utrus, which is you could make the orc uh, sort of a necromancer. Mm-hmm. And so role playing wise, there's a lot of cool options. As you know, it's not just typical like. Um, and, and then this, like, the reason they were exiled is, you know, perhaps, you know, you can make up any sort of story, you know, perhaps they, they, they lost a fair one-on-one fight with another orc and, you know, had their leg from the niche or to bring up our good friend Blitz from the cyberpunk <laughs> live playcast. Perhaps they got their arm cut off. No. You know, what good is a is an orc or a half orc mm-hmm. with one arm? But they can still perhaps uh you know be an assassin or they could be a yep. necromancer. Yep. Um, you know, it's not you know, you know, you don't typically have to go the, you know, uh kind human travelers find a, a abandoned orc baby on the side of the road and <laughs> and raise raise him to that be poor their son. Orc baby. Um but what's what's cool about uh about fifth edition and you know later uh D mythos is that sort of stereotype is being broken down. So yes. you know, half orc characters are now the offspring of uh of genuine romance. Mm-hmm. They're now the offspring of uh marriages between uh human and orc tribes, you yep. know, sort of like a throwback to like the old, like, you know, like, Oh, the princess of Spain is going to marry the prince of France. And, you know, they're going to, you know, that, that will seal our treaty, you know? So like yep. that sort of idea. And so like, yeah, I am really, I really like the fact that it's no longer kind of like, Oh, well, these orcs invaded this town and had their way and, and pillaged and, and, you know, and so that's how this woman gave birth to a half work baby or, and, you know, now that half orc is is shunned by by everyone. Mm-hmm. Now you can definitely still play that up depending on the your character's backstory. Like perhaps uh, ha- where they grew up, or like perhaps where they were born, half orcs weren't a big deal. Oh but yeah. Then they have to move somewhere else to another part of Faerun or another part of Eberron, and where they move, half orcs you know, aren't, are very atypical. Mm-hmm. And so they had to grow up kind of being uh, sticking out like a sore thumb. But like I said, there's a lot of cool role-playing choices uh, with the, ha- with the orc and a half orc. Cause it doesn't necessarily have to be like the, the standard stuff that's been going on yeah. for, for years now. Um, but yeah, so we've got some cool stuff to talk about uh, after the break though. We've got, uh, <laughs> Uh, obviously, like I said, barbarians yep. are the um, kind of de facto go-to uh, class for mm-hmm. the half-orc character. But there's a really cool homebrew uh, class that I want to talk about as well. You know, being as being as we are fans of the homebrew, the brew uh, of the home. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we'll be talking about that as well. But 
yeah, like I said, we'll be talking about that after the break. All right. So let's cut to our break. Hello, gentle listener. Every Friday, be sure to tune in. What the hell are you doing, Ampersand? (laughs) Hi, Charlie. I'm sorry I broke in. I thought I was the only one to talk to myself. Well, I'm letting everyone know about the Fumbling Four and the Almighty Crit. It's a 5e live play podcast. Join us every week. Where do we find it, you old crusty coot? Uh, Anywhere you can get all your podcasts. Every Friday, you stupid cat! <laughs> right, so here we are in the middle of the show where we are introducing something new. We're going to go ahead and, of course, per usual, thank our patrons. Um, but we are going to thank all of you because without all of you, this wouldn't be possible. So we're going to start with our scholar patrons. We have Wolf the Sheepdog, and we have Remington Cloutier. Our thank wizards, you, thank you. Yeah, right. Thank you. Our wizards are Stagger and Stumble, Jonathan Sutter. Thank you. Thank you. And Chris Mitchell. Thank you. Thank you. And our newly appointed tier of the deities are Jared Bush and Lupus Malum. So thank, thank you, thank you, you, thank you, thank you, thank <laughs> you. Yeah, like if you had told me a couple years ago that uh, I'd be making money talking about D and would have told you you're out of your mind. I would have told you, how do you know my dreams? <laughs> first off, knock it off, get out of my and head. Secondly, like you're out of your mind. Right. But like I said, it's it's. I don't feel like it's even like like I'm like I'm making money because so much of this is going to go back into. The fans, making, the show. Yeah, making mm-hmm. uh, merchandise for you guys. T-shirts, stickers, yep. sweaters, uh, coffee mugs, uh, you know, providing us with better equipment, uh, providing us with, uh, you know. Uh, what about those minis? What about those minis for the, the minis? <laughs> the minis. Uh, allowing us to mm-hmm. buy stuff off the DMG to, to not only play with, but then subsequently review. Yeah. Yeah, it's from the bottom of our heart. Thank you. You're all our wonderful. collective heart. It's our collective heart. We share one heart now, which is <laughs> also uh, it's kind of hard. The side effect of this uh, living in the this tower. tower thing. But that is not the new part we're going to be bringing. The new part we're going to be bringing is a two parter. We're going to keep you up to date on all the new things that are yes, coming yes. out for Dungeons and Dragons. Woo. And I have brought uh, the new miniatures. Got a bunch of new minis. Yes, that are coming out in October. There are 54 of them. So I'm going to bring them up, and I'm going to briefly highlight some of the ones that I personally think are cool here. Um, If you want to go check them out on your own, you can go to minisgallery.com, and they do have lists of all the D&D minis that are coming out and have come out. So you can go check them out. They've got images. It's wonderful. It's awesome. I go there all the time to see what's up. But without further this ado. Is, these miniatures are being released October. to coincide. Well, they're yeah. being released in October, but they're being released to coincide. With, with uh, Wild Beyond the Witchlight. Yeah. Yeah. Which comes yeah. out in just a couple of weeks, which we will, yes. like uh, September 23rd, two weeks from now, mm-hmm. that episode will be almost entirely devoted to that book yes because we'll be getting it it comes out on tuesday the 21st and so we'll spend the next 48 hours just combing through it finding out Mm -hmm. what's new what's cool what isn't so cool i mean because it's (laughs) like i don't like i don't i don't want to seem like i'm just you know uh like a a wizards of the coast sycophant you know if they deliver something and it's not that great i'm gonna call them on it listen sergio there's homebrew for a reason (laughs) <laughs> exactly. I was like, well, this I, this seems like a cool idea. Like the bones are, of mm-hmm. it are cool. Let's yep. tweak it. Let's tweak it and, and and jazz it up and see what we can see. We can make it really cool. Let's get our jazz hands out. But anyway, let's show our live chat fans what we are looking forward to. Now, I'm not going to go through every single one of them because there are 54 of these, but I will highlight some of the ones that I personally think are cool. So we're going to bring these up here. 
bring them right in the middle of the screen for everybody. So personally, I, my fa- one of my favorite creatures is a blink dog. So I'm pretty excited for this blink dog blink that's coming out. Cool. Yep. Um, we have the Bullywog Guard now. That, that's my favorite. It's it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. I the like, way it's I like designed. Yes, the outfit is what I was going to talk about. The outfit is very, very medieval fairy tale ish. It's like, like it. this blue and white striped, you know, frilly kind of outfit uh, with fitted pants, and it's it's just it's nuts. Um, the chucklehead, which is our, it kind of looks. It's got a pumpkin for a head. Is what it looks like. Yeah, like and a jack o' lantern boy. Yeah, it just looks like a jack o' lantern boy. Um, the Indolin Moongrave, which looks like it looks like a spider lady. <laughs> I mean, I think it's pretty cool. Um, we got down here. We have the Jabberwock. Now, I'm super stoked for this one. Yeah, well, is it good? go ahead and describe it for if, if for those that we're are gonna, we're going to bring it a big version. screen for everybody at home too. Um, it's, it's not like your traditional Jabberwock, like you hear about in the stories and everything. It's, it's got a worm like head. It's, it's eyes are pure white. Um, you can see the scales. It's kind of built like a dragon, but it's very, very slender. And yep. the tail is much, much longer than a dragon's tail. It almost looks like a serpent crossed with a dragon. It looks okay. Um, I might be dating myself here, but it sort of looks like in G.I. Joe, the movie when Cobra commander starts converting or like reverting back to a snake and he's like got a snake body, but he's still got like arms and legs, (laughs) very unsettling. And I don't know if I could, if I even know why that happened in the movie, but it kind of, it's giving me big energy of like big, that energy. Yes. Yes. Very much. It's very terrifying. So we've got our, our couple of our, you know, releases, re-releases, so unicorns, things like that. But we have, um, and I'm sure this is going to be a major character in the um, Beyond the Witchlight. It is the, the miniature is called Sir Talavar. Now it is a fae or fairy dragon yep. with armor and a sword. So I'm excited to figure out what's going on with that character. It kind of looks like a cross between like a like a sea a seahorse and a dragon. Yep. Well, it's it's. It looks to be. Oh, it's even got a mustache when you zoom in. <laughs> oh, like, like the little like um, yeah. like Asian like the Asian dragons mm-hmm. will often have like it's the... it's very much reminiscent of the um, fairy dragon miniatures. So I'm assuming it's some sort of fairy dragon. Um, but we do have you know a few other things here. But I want to highlight down much further down the list. We have um, a Durlagron. Now this is a it's basically a black panther with monarch butterfly wings. Yeah, that's exactly what it, that's yeah, exactly what it looks this like. This is exactly what it is. It's pretty um, cool. Yeah. So those are some of my favorites. Um you know, like I said, you guys can go check them out at the miniesgallery.com. Um but you know, the the new the last thing I wanted to highlight with these miniatures is the new accessory mini that they're coming out with, the large one. Um you know, with Eberron coming out, we had the flying airship. Um, you know, with the, uh, with the other releases, we had the large dragons, this one, we are getting a swamp gas balloon. So a hot air balloon. Yep. So I'm pretty stoked for that too. <laughs> um, but that's all I've got for the miniatures. I'm going to hand it over to Sergio for our other new addition to the middle of the show, which is our DMs corner. Our DMG corner, the DMs guild yes. is a, uh, fantastic, uh, way to get homebrew stuff mm-hmm. to um to help create uh more homebrew stuff to help uh creators that um you know essentially are are doing what we're doing uh, in a different way they're they're creating more D content yes and it's a fantastic way to support them uh and to like make your own campaign that much better or just to to play uh, play a campaign that's been written from the ground up, mm. and what I'm bringing to the table t- to this week 
uh, in keeping with our orc and half orc theme. It's called After Lost Mine One Orcs to Fandolin. Now, this is the first part of a five part series. Yes. And you can actually uh, incorporate this into an already existing campaign, mm-hmm. or you can just play the entire series start to finish. Um, and the description is as follows The ghost tribe of orcs have been driven from their home under the Sword Mountains by some terrible evil, and they now see Fandolin as their best option for a new home. The heroes were on their way to Fandolin for a much-needed rest after their adventures in the Lost Mine must make it to town in time to warn the inhabitants and help prepare for the orc attack. So it's a party of orcs, but they're not playing the typical, like I said, like the, I mean... The pillagers, the smashers. Exactly. Like mm-hmm. you, uh, you could have orc. Obviously, you can have an orc barbarian, but you could have an orc cleric, or an orc rogue, or an orc ranger. And so, it's really, uh, so it stood out to me simply because, you know, it's not just um, uh, the the entire thing centers around an orc party rather mm-hmm. than the hook itself being like you have to find this certain orc. Or there's a uh, there's an orc that you have to go uh, kill or, or capture or do something. Like you're actually playing the role of the orc. Yeah. And like I said, it, and it could take you on. It's like I said, it's five different parts, and it's pretty moderately pi- priced. You can get each part for a couple of bucks each. And like I said, it's a way to help create more D and D content to help D and D creators, content creators. And I've purchased it, so by all means, you can. If you don't like it, you can you can yell at me. But I think it's pretty cool. Well, on that note, I think we should get back to our discussion on. Let's orcs. go! Let's go! I love that scream at the end. I'm just saying. I'm keeping that scream. The Wilhelm, yeah. <laughs> The good old-fashioned Wilhelm. All right, so we are back. We're going to start discussing uh, our orcs. Sergio, what do you got for me? Well, let's 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 build us an orc. Oh yes, this is my favorite part. <laughs> so, if you want to, um, give me one second. Got a somehow a a blink hound got into the tower. That's my bad. I wanted a new pet. <clears throat> I found a spell. <laughs> Jeez, oh, like <laughs> you got to make sure it's a uh, house trained. So That's your job. <laughs> there's a bunch. Of, I didn't even know it was here. So there's a bunch of cool racial traits that a half orc has, um, and like I said, it it pairs really great with a barbarian class. Yes. And so if you want to go the more traditional route, like if you just want to get in there and smash things, like if you want to be the Hulk equivalent to uh, your D&D campaign party, then a half-orc barbarian you know, isn't the worst way you can go. No. Because at first level, as a barbarian, you get rage, which you have advantage on strength checks and strength saving throws. So any kind of uh, grapple attempt or any kind of uh, grapple attempt that you make, you would have advantage on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you have a melee weapon attack using strength, you gain a bonus to your damage roll. Uh, you are resistant to bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing damage, which is almost all kinds of uh, damage that you would uh, incur in melee combat for the most part. Yeah. Uh, and this lasts one minute, so that's 10 rounds. So Lay that smack down for 10 rounds. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, you have unarmored defense, which where if you're not wearing any armor, you can then your armor class will then equal ten plus your dex modifier plus your constitution modifier, and you can still use a shield uh, to use it. So even at first level, your AC could be as high as you know sixteen or seventeen. Uh, subsequent levels, you get cool features like reckless attack. You throw aside all concern for defense to attack with fierce desperation. When you make your first attack on your turn, you can then you can decide to attack recklessly. Doing so gives you advantage on all melee weapon attacks 
uh, using strength during this turn. AKA, you can yeet your small friends further. Exactly. <laughs> uh, you also get something cool called danger sense, mm-hmm. which is almost like a spidey sense, like yep. uh, what Spider-Man has. Um, you get an uncanny sense of things, of when things nearby aren't as they should be, which yep. gives you uh, advantage on dexterity, saving throws, on traps, uh, spells, like anything that you can see. Uh, you you can't be blinded. You can't be deafened. You can't be incapacitated in any way. You should be able uh, to like if a if you're walking on a floor and the floor falls out and there's spikes on the bottom, you can see that. And so you would get uh, you'd have to roll a deck saving mm-hmm. throw. You get advantage on that. Yep. So you have two chances to pass it. Um, primal path at third level, you get to pick a a certain path that you want to take. Which will then let that you know branches off into different options based on that. Yep. Um, extra attack at fifth level. You can attack twice. It's never a bad thing. Oh uh, no. You also you also uh, your increase spe- uh, inc- uh, your speed increases by ten feet at fifth level as well. Uh, feral instinct at seventh level. Your instincts are instincts are so honed that you have advantage on initiative rolls. Uh, brutal critical. Brutal critical is really cool. Oh uh, yes, it at, is. <laughs> at ninth level, you can roll an additional weapon damage die when determining the extra damage for a critical hit with a melee attack. So, if you hit a critical attack with, let's say, a great sword, it's a you know I think it's a one d twelve. If you're rolling two d twelve to figure out damage, you roll a third d twelve. So. I mean, it could increase your damage by what thirty three percent. I'm not good at math. I can't figure that out. <laughs> but it's, it definitely helps. And that's not. That's only if you haven't additionally chosen your path. Some of these paths they do allow you to get extra damage earlier on. Um, yeah, absolutely. So you know, choose your paths carefully. If you're trying to min max a character, choose your paths carefully. Because you can really put out some damage at a lower level. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. And there are there are more, uh, you know, uh, class traits that go on all the way up to twentieth level. You know, you've got brutal critical at thirteenth, which let which lets you roll two additional damages. Mm-hmm. You know, though you know you have the one from before. Now you have a second uh, additional uh, damage dice. You have persistent rage, uh, you know. Whereas your rage would last ten rounds, would last a minute of combat. Persistent rage, beginning at fifteenth level, uh, it only ends early if you fall unconscious or choose to end it. So you have essentially like learned how to control your rage, you know. Whereas I used to think of it as uh, an orc rages, like he he or she goes into like this bloodlust and goes into a frenzy but can only sustain it for a minute because it takes it's so exhausting for them mm-hmm. you know this persistent rage is something that can go on ad infinitum the entire combat round the entire combat if need be oh yeah uh at 20th level primal champion you embody the power of the wilds your strength and constitution scores increase by four Oh, yeah. You can now have a max strength of 24 or a max constitution of 24, Mm -hmm. which is bananas when you think about it. Oh, yeah. So there's not, you know, that, you know, it's, you might think it's, uh, it might be a little boring or passe to be a half work barbarian. Um, But, you know, they, they say cliches are cliches for a reason because they work, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, there's nothing wrong with playing a half orc barbarian. It's all about how you role play the character. The, it's how the backstory of the character. Now, I will say a popular second choice for most half orc players is the paladin. Yep, true. Now, with 5e, they've updated and taken and added a bunch of stuff to the paladins. Um, with your strength score, strength is one of the most important stats for a paladin next to their charisma. Um, charisma is their spellcasting ability, whereas strength is, you know, how hard I can hit you with a sword. Mm-hmm. Now, we know that half orcs 
they typically only get a plus two to strength and a plus one to the con. Yep. However, you do have variations of half orcs, just like you do variations of half elves or elves. Yep. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, I'm not going to go through that laundry list because it is a long list. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but literally your, almost do, limitless. Oh, yeah. Do your homework. You know, if you want to min max a paladin as a half orc, you, you sure can do it. And that's where we get into the homebrew stuff, too. Maybe you've come up with your own half, you know, orc race, um, and you want to be a half orc from that race. Uh, maybe it gives you a plus two to strength and a plus one to charisma because maybe they're, you know, they're half elf or, you know, whatever. Yeah, well, talk it over uh, with your DM. I always. Speaking, well, I was going to say, speaking of uh, a charismatic half orc. <laughs> uh, the aforementioned, the teased Blood Rager mm-hmm. class, homebrew class. Uh, originally, it was a class in Pathfinder, which was, you know, so cool, like so beloved, is that uh, they've homebrewed it into fifth edition of DD. So a Blood Rager, a Blood Rager is a rare form of barbarian that has both a sorcerer's bloodline and a barbarian's ancestors. In the battlefield, they blend their intense anger and burning fervor of their spells to destroy any foe who would dare oppose them. Um, blood ra- Orc blood ragers are, are usually champions of their tribe. Yep. Like if, if, uh, if there are two warring tribes, they will send their, uh, each tribe will send their blood, uh, a blood rager to to fight you know for the tribe's honor mm-hmm. uh they're used uh as uh bodyguards or like right hand men you know like lower lower ranking chiefs so say the chief has to go do something has to leave the tribe for for whatever reason they would likely leave a blood rager in charge because they are that skilled and yeah. that fearsome so uh there are no prereqs for for this class like you could actually play this class off rip as a level one Boom. <laughs> the only uh the only prereq is that it needs a 13 charisma and a 13 constitution so as long as you have those uh in those abilities as long as you have a 13 and those two abilities then you're good to go mm-hmm. but like i said like a lot of um specialized classes you need to have a certain ranking of this you need to have been also this class for a while. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, you could be a Blood Rager off rip. So, uh, yeah. I have one question about this class. Just the one? Just the one. You're telling me I need a 13 in charisma and a 13 mm-hmm. in, you said, strength? Constitution. Constitution. So, we've got, we can get the con boost. Mm hmm. The charisma is the only thing you really have to worry about as a half-orc. Yep. So, couldn't you say, I don't know, get a magical item to boost yourself there and then cross-class? I mean, at, at, if you start off as something else and then you, let's say, like your, your charisma is at a 12 and you mm-hmm. get uh, a ring or uh, a fancy necklace that boosts your charisma to one, then yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, well, I I mean, I knew the answer. (laughs) I mean, I I didn't know what I was really asking is how effective would it be to start off as a barbarian, you know, two levels, get a magical item, and then cross class into this? Is it one of those where it's better to start off at the beginning? Or is it one of those that we can, you know, we can cross class into and maybe make better? The only issue with using a magical item is what then happens if the magic mm-hmm. item is lost or destroyed? Yeah. Do you lose all those traits? Oh, of course you do. But then how how do you explain that like in story? Well, see, at that point you just wouldn't be able to use those skills anymore, just like any other class. Yeah. That's a whole nother tangent for a whole nother day. I interrupted you. Go ahead. <laughs> no, these are good questions to yeah. ask because like these are these are questions that if you're gonna use a homebrew class mm-hmm. or character or race or whatever it is. You need to talk to your DM and figure out how how it will work in that campaign. Yeah, and any any tweak. And like I said, this all this stuff that I'm talking about uh, can be changed and tweaked. And, oh yeah, 
and jazzed up to accommodate whatever whatever story, whatever campaign mm-hmm. you've got going on at home. So uh, at first level, you choose what bloodline uh, has given you your magical powers. You ha- can choose from Draconic, Flame, Abyssal, Divine, or Ocean. Ooh. So that your choice will then grant you unique features at, um, at you know initially off at off first level uh, and also at 6th, 14th, and 18th. So uh, one of those features is that you become immune to certain damage. So obviously, if you choose the flame bloodline, you become immune to fire damage. Now, you also become uh, vulnerable to frost damage. So there is some give and take. Um, Draconic, you are uh, immune to any kind of... uh, uh, damage done uh, by dragons, depending on uh, what sort of dragon you're facing. Like if it's a dragon that uh, breathes flames, mm-hmm. or perhaps shoots spits acid, you're immune to that damage type. Not so exactly. much to the physical damage. Exactly. Yep. Uh, you get you still get unarmored defense, which is uh, which is the same as. The original, which is the same as the barbarian. Yep, was class. The same as the barbarian. However, uh, instead of the dexterity modifier and um, constitution modifiers, you use your charisma and strength modifiers. Ooh. So your charisma would, you know, like I said, needs to be at least a 13. So yep. you're getting a plus one. And so, and then your strength, you're already getting your strength as a half orc, you get a plus two to begin with. So there's no reason why it probably isn't a 15 or a 16. Uh-huh. So at that point, you're now using your charisma and strength. And again, you can still use a shield to benefit. Yeah. Uh, it gets really cool at second level. That's when you're able to start casting spells. That's when the sorcerer's bloodline aspect comes in. And the spell list at sec uh, at second level, you're, you're starting to cast first level spells, right? Uh, those are really cool. I mean, these are full on like offensive spells. I'm which, digging it. I'm digging it. <laughs> uh, for me, like I always like to play like fighters and barbarians, and you know, I was never much for the for the defense and the healing. Mm-hmm. I just didn't. I you know, I wanted to be in the in the in the in the thick of things when it came to combat, right? Yes. And so stuff like like uh like classes like a oh, war mage really appealed to me. And same for like Blood Rager. Yep. You get Searing Smite, you get Burning Hands, you get Ice Knife, Ooh. you get uh Thunderous Smite, you get Cause Fear. I mean you get stop talking like orb. this. It's, it's getting me bothered. <laughs> <laughs> Give me giving me a case of the vapors. <laughs> and so Blood Rager is a really cool uh, homebrew class if yep. you want to look into it. Like I said, that's just that's the tip of the iceberg. You can find this. Uh, all you have to do is Google Blood Rager Dungeons and Dragons Fifth Edition, and you'll get a couple of different options for you know how to incorporate it into your into your campaign. Like mm-hmm. I said, it's originally a Pathfinder class yep. that people loved and thought like I want to play that, and it's a really cool way to also get a half orc character that uh, is a spellcaster, which you don't typically see from a half, from a half orc. No. Well, that's a lot of information to go over. It's a lot. <laughs> yeah. I like it though. I do. I, mean, I do. It is. It is good. So we're at the end of the show and at the end of the show, we always have a magical item. We do. We do. So today I have brought you the war drums of Grumpsh. The war drum. I like the war okay. drums. Okay, you ready for this? <laughs> right. So my my magical items are a little bit more nasty. <laughs> so this I'm gonna start calling them Miss Miss Jackson. Miss Jackson. Uh, or Janet rather. <laughs> so these war drums. Okay. When utilized, if uh people within 30 feet, okay, anybody within 30 feet, here's these war drums activated. They get a constitution saving throw. Now, the constitution saving throw 
is a 17. So it's already pretty gnarly. Yeah. If they fail, they are immediately sent into a rage. So it's not a bad thing. Now, the rage is similar to that of a barbarian's rage. However, instead of 10 rounds, it only lasts five. Okay. And after the five rounds is over, you must take two points of exhaustion. Ooh. Yes. So is this... So if they are within 30 feet of mm-hmm. them being played? Yes. If they're being played within 30 feet, okay, you get a constitution saving throw. If you fail, so, constitution 17. So you could be 40 feet away, hear the drums, maybe but, feel like a pull, mm-hmm. like sort of like you, maybe your heart, your heartbeat elevate yep. your heart rate elevates yep yeah but the magic is you know isn't as okay i like that mm-hmm. okay cool now there's more to it there's more but yes. wait but there's more there's more now if played by a person who has um uh profession that would you know imply that they are good at this instrument uh, such as a bard or anybody else um they have a proficiency bonus basically mm-hmm. yeah um you up that to 19. You up That's... it to two for the saving throw and the con. You get to rage for up to 10 rounds. However, in addition, they must take three points of exhaustion. So you get a little bit more of a boost, but you must take those three points of exhaustion. Okay. So Can... we have we have superpower, but we have to have that super... You know, we have to have equal balance here. We have to have the good yep. with the bad. So now, so you said this rage is is uh, pretty much the same as the barbarian yes, rage. It is the same as the barbarian's rage. Okay, yep. so it's not. Could you be able to, let's say, you have uh, a half orc who mm-hmm. has uh, who has a level in bard, to, yep. so they could learn how to be proficient in these war drums. Could they, like, let's say, um, be overlooking uh, a camp of, of thieves or what have you, of, of enemy combatants? Could they, like, have, you know, their, the rest of the party either, like, plug up their ears or, or walk away 40 feet yep. and play the drums and get the opponents all worked up? And would the opponents start fighting each other? And Lupus brings up a good point. Yeah, he does. User, does the user suffer the same effect? The user does not suffer the same effect. That was actually okay. what I was going to get to. Yes. Okay. Uh, user does not suffer the effect. Um, and yes, you effectively could get an enemy camp enraged with these drums. All riled up. And- All riled up, ready to go. And that is the benefit of it. If they have no one to fight, let's say you sneak into this camp in the middle of the night, you play these war drums, and then you scurry on out, then they're in a rage, and you, like you said... Well, we got that plus two bonus, yep. so it's that much harder to f- pass, and you get the three points of exhaustion. They're going to be that much easier to take on when you finally go into counter. They're gonna, they're gonna want to start beating up on each other. Yep. Yep. Okay. But or, uh, or you could, you go, or you could go the standard, the more traditional route, and mm-hmm. use it on your campaign on your party. Yep. And get them all riled up, and let's go in here and wreck shop. Yep. It's it's. It's one of those items that if you're not careful with, though, it can come back to bite you because let's say oh, you yeah. do sneak in that camp and you do get caught. Well, they're enraged. Oh, they're they're going to hurt you and they're going to hurt you bad. They're going to get cruising <laughs> for a bruising at that point. Yep. And, you know, you let's say you do boost your team up, but you forgot that one of the enemies you're fighting is within your 30 foot range because it is a circumference. Mm-hmm. So let's say he was behind you and you didn't know it. Well, now he's raged too. So it's it's a give and take. You got to be careful using this because, yeah, it's it's a pretty powerful item, but it can be powerful to against you. So, but that the is the war drums item. of Grumsh. Yep, that is the item for this I week. Like Very cool. <laughs> right, invisibility. Hey, Lupus says invisibility. That would work. You got me there. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I think it is time for us to say sayonara. Until next week. Yeah, we'll be back next week. We'll mm-hmm. be talking about Aarakocras. Uh, yep. Which is a race that um, if you sign up for D&D Beyond, like you don't have to buy any of the uh, supplemental books. Mm-hmm. 
You don't have to do anything aside from sign up for the service. Aarakocra is a race that you are able to play as. Yep. So we're going to cover that race as well. Mm-hmm. And we'll be back with another DMG corner item. Yes. We'll be back with uh, more news. updated news on D&D, whatever's coming out for Wizards of the Coast. And we'll be back with another magic item. Mm-hmm. We so, are very excited. Oh. <laughs> well, Sergio, do you have anything you want to share with everyone before we go? Yes, I do. I told my wife the other day, she asked me what I had going on. Like this was Tuesday. She's like, you know, what do you got going on tonight? Like, well, I got to do this. And I also have to do some orc research. Got to get some orc <laughs> research done. And it's just, that's just so awesome that I got to say, and that I'm still married, that, <laughs> that divorce proceedings have not started. So that's always good are, news. That's always good. These news. are exciting times that, that, uh, that we're uh, living in. Well, I know, uh, Sergio has another pod. Oh yeah, I do. I have a, <laughs> I have another podcast that I you record do. with my best friend in the whole wide world, Sean Hamill. Uh, he wrote a um, horror book, a horror novel, a couple years back called "A Cosmology of Monsters." Uh, got a, a blurb from Stephen King. He said he loved it. It was on many uh, best of lists of tw- in twenty nineteen is when it came out. And, you know, spooky season is upon us. So if you're looking for something to read, definitely check it out. It's called The Cosmology of Monsters. But I uh, I co-host a podcast with that guy. It's called Fandom University. We spend two to three to four episodes talking about an aspect of nerddom. Uh, we've done Resident Evil. We've done mm-hmm. Aliens, you know, Xenomorphs and all that. Uh, Ripley and, yes. and, and all that. Uh, we have done... Uh, Grant Morrison, the comic book writer. We actually just finished our arc on them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they have written All-Star Superman. They wrote uh, New X-Men for a while. Uh, and then starting here in a couple weeks, we will be doing... Um, what are we doing? Oh, we're doing Halloween. We're doing yes! Michael Myers and Laurie Strode, mm, uh, which are it. some of our favorite horror movies. And um, and I'll go, I'll go ahead and announce it. Uh, this is an exclusive... This is a Dungeons and Dragons lore cast exclusive for Fandom University. We were going to take the month of December off. Well, not technically. We're going to pre-record a uh, Christmas gift uh, and post that in December. But it was going to be... We're essentially going to take that month off. Um, But the Matrix Resurrections trailer dropped today Mm -hmm. and got us... And like the war drums of Grumsh, got us all riled up and frenzied <laughs> and we decided that we're going to do a matrix arc in December rather than take the month of December off. We're going to do a matrix arc. I'm pretty stoked um, for that one leading up to, or covering uh, leading up to and covering the, uh, the new movie, which comes out on the 22nd. So yep, I'm pretty stoked. I'm glad I got to hear that too. <laughs> yeah. So for, yeah, there you go. We'll announce it uh, officially soon, but mm-hmm. um, as Sean asked, uh, he's like, have you seen the new trailer? matrix arc and i was like i mean we can if you want you know and he was uh, like yeah let's do it he's like i'm gonna be watching them anyway so why oh, not goodness. podcast about so that's what i got going on i have a ton of things going on no oh, how do you have like magic you uh, yeah obviously you have i told you, you i know these spells like the back of my you hand. exist outside of time i do mm. Uh, we have uh, over on this end. We have the Resident Evil lore cast, another lore cast that we do. Um, we have the Fumbling Four and the Almighty Crit Five E live play that we do. Yep. Um, we have Cyberpunked, a Cyberpunk Red podcast that we do. Uh, Call of Cthulhu Mythos Mysteries, uh, another one that we do. Seven E. Yep. yep. Um, goodness gracious, what else do we have? Um. I what think, else you got coming up? Oh, well, the coming ups uh, in November. Fingers crossed. Nothing set in stone yet, but we're pushing for November release date. We are going to be releasing uh, Avatar Legends uh, TTRPG live play for nice. our new series coming out. And then there's a couple more up our sleeve for next year. So stay Keep tuned. Keep your eye this. out for 2022. <laughs> but on that note... I think it's time for us to bid them adieu. Yeah, thank you so much for listening. Mm-hmm. We'll talk to you in, uh, in a week. Woo! Bye, guys! Goodbye! Goodbye!
Thanks for listening to the Dungeons and Dragons Lorecast. If you've enjoyed the show, please consider sharing it with a friend, following us on Twitter at DND Lorecast, or jumping on the Robots Radio Discord to chat more with us about Dungeons and Dragons. We'll talk to you next time. You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net. What up to Night City? You're listening to N54 Radio. This is DJ Sparks bringing you a new hit show from Night City, Cyberpunk, a cyberpunk red live play podcast. Listen as a ragtag group slamming on the corpos, survive the streets, and try to keep from being flatlined. You can tune in on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or wherever else you get your podcasts. DJ Sparks out! and weather. Welp, looks like almost everyone's still dead, so traffic is at a standstill. <laughs> and now a word from our sponsor, because they're totally not bribing me with massive amounts of chems or anything. Seems as the stuffed shirts are back at the White Springs playing games with that total loser modus. But hey, if that's your thing, whatever. So if all you squares wanted to hear more, totally, sort of, but maybe not boring stories about rebuilding Appalachia and being all goody-two-shoes, definitely not raiders, check out this thing they call a podcast, The Modus Files, whatever that's supposed to be, on Spotify, iTunes, and wherever else you listen to those things. Double ugh, they're not paying me enough for this. Till later, this is Rose. Raiders rule!